Welcome to Food and Loathing, which we like to think of as an immersive podcasting and culinary experience. Does that mean we're drowning? I don't know. I only say that because immersive is the hottest Las Vegas buzzword in oh, 2023. Yeah. If you're not immersive, you don't exist. You don't. I, you ain't shit. I mean, isn't immersive pretty much anything where you're not on your phone looking at it? Yes. It also has, you know, you know, fundamentalist Baptist connotations of being immersed in the river. Mm, yeah, and yet not to me. No. <laughs> well. Amazingly, my brain did not go there. Mine went to some dirty places. I've immersed some things that well, are not yeah, yeah. family broadcasting. Oh, hi. Yes. Now you see why we call this food and loathing. <laughs> oh, immerse yourself in my voice, safe in the knowledge that I have immersed myself in quite a few local Vegas restaurants, and I'm ready to immerse anyone and everyone with the knowledge that I've acquired, or in that knowledge. Anyway, I'm your host, Al Mancini, a man who has spent more than 20 years writing about the local food scene professionally, which means I had editors and word counts and proper grammar, and I was expected to learn how to spell properly. Occasionally a paycheck. Occasionally a paycheck, yes. All things that once mattered in the world of writers (laughs) and journalists, which are now quaint anachronisms that seem to puzzle about 50% of the people I see on social media and online review sites. But anyway, <laughs> I am flying almost solo today. I'm meaning that in yeah. in the hosting capacity. My co-host, Samantha Gemini Stevens, is out again on sick leave. Um, and, you know, we hate it when people are sick, but yeah. the show must go on. Yeah. And if you're sick, you leave. That's our policy. So um, <laughs> she is gone. We continue to wish her a speedy recovery, and we will try to carry on without her once again. I guess she tested co- positive for COVID now? Yeah, yeah. Just on top of everything else, there's that. It's Yes, it's getting older shit. Sucks, oh, man. yeah. I don't know. If you're young enough not to have health problems, enjoy it and do foolish things that will haunt you later. But and then you'll have you the can. health problems later you have later, sooner. But yeah. you'll have some shit to think back and remember yeah. while you're lying on the oh, couch. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to do it alone. As you can hear, I'm joined this week by every Las Vegas foodie's favorite audio engineer, huh. the one and only Mr. Rich Johnson. How the hell are you, Rich? Let's see. I covered the White House, Congress, campaigns, elections, Super Bowls, hurricanes, coal mine disasters, and more. And here it comes down to me hunting for mambo sauce. Are you are you not over that? I will. Um, I'll get to that in and a bit. Uh, yeah. Please tell me you want someplace better than McDonald's for it. There is no other place in Vegas right now. Maybe a Whole Foods has something, but uh, no one should ever utter the words "there is no place other than McDonald's." Those are words <laughs> that should never, ever, ever be uttered. Well, but that is why we keep Rich Johnson around because that's where we get such pearls. Oh God, have you been to a place where it's the McDonald's and the Dollar General store are the only thing for twenty miles in any direction? You're probably not being the dazzling urbanite that you are. I mean, yeah, like people don't understand it. Like rural America and suburban America, they just scare me. The food like, deserts, the commerce deserts, uh, it's just the, the best uh, thing you get at one of those places is go to the gas station and you get a Hunt Brothers pizza. You know, I feel as though if I don't have a place that I can think of in my head that I could drive to for sushi at 11 o'clock at night, like without, oh, yeah, we're lost. without filling up the tank for gas yeah. in order to have to do that, then I don't feel comfortable. And I'll tell you, I don't go out for sushi at 11 o'clock no. at night as often as I once did. And by that, I mean, I almost never fucking do it because I sleep a lot earlier than But it's the principle of the thing. It has to be there, yeah. man. Yeah. And if you live someplace where it's not, then that's cool. 
I, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm sure you get all kinds of shit like space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. You're not living air. in a closet. Yeah, you yeah, get clean yeah. air. I'm sure there's things you guys like, but um, not for me, man. Not for me. Anyway, we have a big show planned for you today, which is centered around a nice long interview with Chef Vincent Pousselle of Monami Gabi. Um, and they recently announced some very cool F1 packages that are supposed surprisingly affordable based on all the chatter that has been going on about that race. Oh, man. So Vincent is going to talk about what they're offering and explain what happened when the restaurant actually called F1 to add, because, you know, they're right there. On, oh, yeah, right yeah. There on perfect Boulevard, seats. Right yeah. across from the Bellagio Fountains. <clears throat> and, and there's no nothing obstructing their view. But we'd all heard these reports yeah. that, like, if you have yeah. an unobstructed review, cough it up. Like, it, it almost, the reports that were being published in v various places Made it sound almost like a mafia shakedown, oh, yeah. right? Like, I mean, absolute that's, extortion. Like, hey, do you you want to be able to see out your windows? You're not going to be able yeah. to see so good out those windows. Yeah, if you don't you know puff what up I mean. some dough yeah. and, and all this stuff. But um, yeah, they actually called up Monami to ask about those reports, and he's got the whole story as what he was told. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just another example of how the confusion and misinformation seems to be the rule of the day when it comes to this race. So I am still holding out hope that it's going to be an amazing event and that everybody's going to have a lot of fun. And if you've got between 500 or $1,000 a night to spend eating amazing food right there on Las Vegas Boulevard, you're going to want to hear what Vincent has to say. But I also talked to him, because I don't know if you've ever met Vincent. You no, I've not, but I've been to both Mon Ami Gabi's. You know, there's another one. Not in Las Vegas. No, it's in Bethesda, Maryland. Mm. It's, uh, you know, have the most disparate locations for a, a, a two-off uh, concept from a company that does, you know, two dozen concepts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it is a little weird because I didn't know that Bethesda, Maryland was like a, um, a home to a lot of people, uh, Francophiles, yeah. as you would call them. Yeah, Fans yeah. of French dining. The French embassy is about two miles down the road. Well, that, that's DC. why. That's there what it's for, I suppose, yeah. for all the French embassy people. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk to him about his history in Las Vegas and in France and what's happening at Mon Amiga B beyond race day, but also on race day. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, we'd love to make you a little bit hungry discussing some of our recent meals. Rich has mambo sauce coming up, but we're going to start with me this time. Um you know, we did my Meet the Chef event. This yeah. is like what I've yeah, done, yeah, yeah. right? So we did another um, uh, Neon Feast, my, my company, Neon Feast, our restaurant guide. We love to do public events where we get chefs out there. We put some people together. We get um, Element Home Gallery Hostess, which is a gorgeous um, kitchen showroom display place um, out on Dean Martin in Warm Springs. So they have like five or six working kitchens in there that are all state of the art. So we love to bring our chefs in there from Neon Feast, get a bunch of friends together, get their friends, and all just sit around. So we had Chef Giovanni Morrow come in for number three, which was fantastic, man. I had such a fun night. I want to thank a lot of the people who came out that night. Um, check it out. My guest list, right? I mean, we always have cool people and good yeah. chefs. Like, for example, Nicole Brisson was there this time. Uh, Rob Moore was there. Uh, food writer Marissa Finetti was there this time. All super cool people, people I had a lot of fun hanging out with. But I got to say, man, Mark Chinook showed up. Oh, yeah. Right? Like the voice of the Golden Knights, and I believe he's also the voice of the Raiders, the in-arena in yeah. person who does the announcing. I got to say, in Las Vegas, and first of all, he was not on my guest list. He was on Chef Gio's guest list, yeah, right? Yeah, Chefs yeah. know the cool. Also the impresario of Monday's Dark, a charity that's been running for more than 10 years every other Monday. 
all the artists who are off come and they they try to raise ten grand for a different charity every fortnight. Yeah, and they do that up at um. At, at, the space is the name of the thing he did. Oh, okay. It used to be in the Smith Center, but did he move it? Uh, unless he's moved from the space to the Smith no, Center. No, no, probably yeah, at the no. space now. It started recently. at uh, at the. The Hard Rock in, in the Hyde and all that stuff. Okay, well, forgive yeah. me for not getting that one. But yeah, Mark Chinook, I mean, yeah, look, that's an A-list guest, yeah. right? Like, I yeah, got to yeah, say, yeah. that's, you know, normally I'm like, you know, I'm like a D or E-list guest in this town. <laughs> My parties do not tend to yeah. attract A-list guests, um, except for the chefs. I get the A-list chefs always. But to get um, have Mark Chinook show up at the party, that was re- pretty wild. I got to say, when you have to, like, pick up a microphone and make small talk in a room full of crowded people, People. Having to do that in front of Mark Chinook yeah, yeah, yeah. is a little bit intimidating. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's just definitely like, okay, this guy does this shit way All better right. than I do. What right. I can talk yeah, about? The, your only saving grace is that Chet Buchanan didn't show up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then you would have been completely freaked out. Then run, I would have been run totally screaming down, down the, the road. True, true. Um, but Gio made a great pasta, kind of a risotto style pasta. It's all in one pan cooking. That was fantastic. We had Beam Suntory. Bobby G was out there mixing up cocktails. We had a blast. Chris Militello um, from Manzu Italian Oven was helping out. We even got um, Chef Gio to sing a little opera. Oh, yeah. So, Missed you know, that. that's, a, that's a hell of an event. So, thank you to absolutely everybody who came out to the um, Neon Feast, Meet the Chef. Um, you made it a great event one more time, and I had a blast. Thank you. Um, what did we do? You know, there was an afternoon Golden Knights game. Yeah, Friday. Surprised me. So that was nice. It was Nevada Day, I believe, or pre-Nevada Day or something. Yeah. So we went to that, and I actually had time to go out after the game for a full dinner. Usually, like it's like, what can I scarf down before yeah. I go to bed after a game? So I went over to Ferraro's, um, and you know, Ferraro's Ristorante. They're over on Paradise Road across from the Virgin Hotel. You know, they, these guys have been in business in this town for 30, 40 years. They're one of the old school family Italian restaurants. I think what a lot of people forget about Ferraro's, though, or if you haven't been back in a while, is that, damn, do they stay updated. Yeah, right? they don't uh, just play the hits. No, they don't just play the hits, and they change, and they they modernize, they keep with the times. You'll find some familiar classics on that menu, but if you let Chef Mimo Ferraro just go all out, do what he does best, you're going to get some surprises, and that's what we did, and we had an unbelievable meal. Um, started off with a crudo course, uh, but even, you know, and crudo by itself, crudo is a good traditional Italian dish. It's the Italian yeah. version of sashimi. It's usually a little more dressed than a sashimi would be. But raw fish sits at the heart of all crudo. Um, but even by crudo standards, this was definitely a little, you know, a little pushing the envelope. And I thought um, Mimo did it great. We did some salmon, which came with topped with olive tapenade, pistachio and lemon oil. Just fucking fantastic. That olive tapenade, a little heavy, um, but really the salmon is a perfect fish to, to hold up yeah. under it. And I thought that was a tremendous dish. Um, and then we also did, what was the other salmon? Uh, yellowtail, the other crudo, excuse me, with shaved fennel, white balsamic citrus honey dressing, some hazelnuts, capers, smoked sea salt, citrus zest, and then for a little bit of heat, man, some calabrese chili oil. Lordy. Which was just, a lot of oh, so fucking good. But but the beauty is it's still, it's done with respect. You still taste the fish and really beautiful. So bravo to, to Mimo for that one. 
We did um, some Vitello Tonato, which, of course, is veal and tuna, a very classic combination yeah. that's a little strange if you haven't had it. You don't see it a lot on menus these days, and that is just a classic that, that Mimo again knocked out of the park. They did their spit, They did a um, Piedmontese spin on steak tartare, which is a much more you know traditional let the beef do what it does. Um, and he was doing duos for every course, right? A duo of crudo, a duo of appetizers. Then he brought out our pasta duo, cacio e pepe with crab, with fresh oh, crab my, meat Oh, my, oh, my, so my. I'm good. leaving now. Because everybody's doing cacio e pepe yeah, like, yeah. over the past five Since, years. Since, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, bah, bah, well, I'd say James. No, the, really uh, the actor, the Italian actor, CNN, Searching for Italy. Oh. I can't think of his name. I love him. He's forever and ever. Uh, I know who you're talking he, about. He, the first time I saw Caccio and Pepe about three, four years ago, and he had it from the the source. And oh, I thought, yeah. that is so simple, yet so good. No, and I remember when James Treese first started making it. Um, you know, nobody in Vegas was making it. Now, I'm not yeah. claiming that they've all imitated James Treese, but, you know, he was definitely ahead of the curve there. So to do it with the, the crab, fantastic. Um, just because we've had so much of it recently, it's nice of them to take that dish and give it a little of their own personality. Um, we did some ravioli. I'm even hesitant. I don't know if the chef called them ravioli, but they yeah. were a stuffed pasta, right? And it was Stanley Tucci. Pasta. That's who I'm thinking Stanley of. Stanley Tucci. Yes. There you go. Um, he wasn't there at this oh, point. Oh, damn. But the, um, the raviolis that we had were stuffed with wild boar, so that was really good game meat. Loved it. Um, then for our entrees, a bronzino with a hazelnut crust topped with a little bit of crispy guanciale, um, some figs, some tarragon, some white wine, some spinach, just beautiful oh, dish. Man. And then some nice thin veal came out with a fried egg on top and fresh shaved white truffles. And yeah, and we also had white truffle on the tartare. Um, he, he broke out a lot of the truffles for us. So a fantastic meal, great dessert course. So man, bravo to Ferraro's. Seriously, if you think yeah. you know what Ferraro's is all about, go for the tradition. But this is like a place that is, it has the heart and soul of a neighborhood restaurant that's been around forever yeah. where they know all their customers, but where their customers are upscale educated who keep up with current trends yeah. don't want to just you know live on the glory days and the hits and you know and also i mean according to some international publications one of the best italian wine lists in in the country to yeah. be honest yeah yeah so, this is a place where people who come and only really know vegas as the strip they'll make that four block trip yeah in an uber or whatever to get over to ferraro's yeah because it it holds up with anything we've ever talked about on the strip yeah and you could find them on the neon feast app of course uh, yeah. about them. um then ocean prime rolled out a new brunch so we went out there we we're at the patio on um saturday it was a little cold before the sun came out but then it was just <laughs> yeah. fucking perfect this was like the last weekend i think of where i'd want to dine outdoors in vegas you know halloween's always a cutoff for me but ocean prime was great i love that patio i love that view of las vegas boulevard right on the corner of Harmon and las vegas boulevard of course, the interior is gorgeous as well, but they have a new, um, you know, but I, I, I'm going to take that patio whenever I can. But they have a new brunch menu, and they're a relatively new restaurant, so everything's new. But um, we started off with some cinnamon bread, with some cream cheese icing. We did some fruit and yogurt. Um, white truffle caviar deviled eggs. Fucking really good. No. Um, you know, deviled eggs have been you know beaten to death over the past decade. But I, when you do them like this, I'm not complaining. I'm very happy. They do a prime roll because Ocean Prime does um, sushi as well. Yeah. 
And they did the kind of role that they brought us is the kind of role that if I had it in a um, sushi restaurant, I'd probably bitch and moan if one of my friends ordered it in a sushi restaurant, but in a steakhouse, fucking perfect. Because it's not traditional sushi, it, but it's it's great for a steakhouse. And so their signature role started off with the tempura shrimp at the center, had a little cream cheese, which outside yeah, of the steakhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have lost my mind. But okay, I was willing to go with that. Some scallions and then some beef carpaccio set across the top. So hmm. um, really great role. Loved that. Blackened salmon salad with some strawberries, walnuts, goat cheese, some poppy seed dressing was great. I always have to do sweets when I do brunch, so we did some brioche French toast that were excellent. The crab cake Benedicts were great. And, man, you know, I like Ocean Prime. It is primarily a steak and seafood house. It made it onto the Neon Feast app for its view and for its seafood. Um, that don't does not mean you should overlook the steak. The steak there is really good I as well. I hope so, yeah. And um, they did a nice New York strip for us that just had so much flavor going in. Didn't need anything. Didn't need any sauces. Just really, really good. So I dug that. Actually, I chatted with um, Brian Graham over there, and he told me a bit about what's going on with the brunch. Brunch is an exciting new element to Ocean Prime that we're bringing to Las Vegas. Um, and we're bringing excitement, uh, fun. Um, you know, we have a great menu, uh, a lot of classics with an Ocean Prime twist. Um, surf and Turf, Eggs Benedict, uh, Salmon Lucky, Truffle Omelets, Cinnamon Pull-Apart Bread, um, Amuse Booze to start off your, your brunch experience, uh, fun mimosa creations and cocktails, uh, just a lively environment um, that we bring to Saturdays and Sunday mornings um, with a great outdoor terrace to dine al fresco overlooking all of Las Vegas um, or in our opulent dining room and our in our lounge area. So uh, it's an incredible kind of start to your to your weekend uh, or to your day uh, here in Las Vegas. Had a lazy Sunday afternoon where I wasn't even going to leave my house. But um, Lemon Tree Market and Cafe is right around the corner on Buffalo and Sunset. So we were like, "Ah, let's just go over there and see what we can pick up. Um, Real easy. Cheese and charcuterie board that we sat there. They've got mum rosé bubbles by the glass that they serve over there. So Sue had a nice glass of mum. Um, Did the cheese and the charcuterie. Had turkey's lettuce wraps. Um, That's a great place. I mean, honestly, like you go there. I've I've gone there just to buy like caviar to eat at home. And they always have great ingredients. So check them out. Lemon Street Market and Cafe. So that's about it for where I've been eating. Um, what about you, Rich? Where have you been dining? I actually uh, went out a couple places this week, and uh, you might even approve. And they were in La- Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, You didn't exactly. go traveling up on you know, Lewis no. and Clark Trail or something. No, but I did have a friend from Baltimore come to town to do uh, U2, and he, he was hardcore. He had one night of hotel. He came in Thursday, stayed in the hotel, checked out late. Powered through Friday, did the show, powered through about four hours before his 5 a.m. flight back to Baltimore. Yeah, because if you want to afford you two tickets, you yeah, had it. I think Bono should be inviting us all to stay at his fucking yeah. house at those prices. So anyway, I, I wanted him. He hadn't been around for a long time. And his like so many people in the, in the world, his only no knowledge of Vegas is the Strip. So I said, we're going off the Strip. We're not I'm going that blow far. your mind. Yes. We're going to go to a little Ital- uh, Italian place called Esther's Kitchen. Oh, and we get to the arts district and he said, man, this looks like, you know, Old Town San Diego and uh, a couple of other places he mentioned that I'd arts been Arts district to. always surprises newcomers. Yes, it never does. never had the chance to check it out. And we had uh, the uh, Caesar salad. We had the, uh, the deep fried cauliflower, which reminded me a bit of calamari as far as the, the breading and, and the texture. You know, no, it, cauliflower does not taste like... 
No, squid, I but it had that same. We had buffalo that. cauliflower something yeah. recently, and it was there to taste like chicken wings. Yeah, right? exactly. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the meatballs and a uh, sausage pizza, and we were all very happy after that. Everybody's uh, happy just, when they visit Esther's Kitchen. And then I took him on a walk, uh, you know, down to Soul Belly and back on the other side of the street. Stopped in several thrift stores. He was looking for vintage rock and roll belt buckles. And all I could find were recreations. But uh, he was very impressed with uh, a little bit of that. And then we went downtown and walked Fremont from the plaza to El Cortez and back. And Circa, being a, he's a sports uh, radio talk guy in Baltimore. Oh, well, there you go. That's so I showed him Circa and he went, oh, my God. This Did you show him the pool? 30, 25 bucks to go up and look at the For pool. The admission, yeah. So that would be no. That's I mean, a hard no. It's an, it's not a bad cover, I have to say, if there's a game night and you want to go watch a game, yeah. you're looking for a place, you grab one of those seats. Um, I don't mind paying that, that cover you, to go over to Stadium Swim, but you've got to be like, you know, I, I would do that if I was wanted to watch yeah. three or four games simultaneously. Yeah. It's a more, I would spend that 25 bucks or 30 and yeah, how yeah. much it was on the night you were there. I would rather spend that and then sit at Stadium Swim, then spend $0 and sit in the sports book. And there's a beautiful sports book at yeah, Circa. Yeah. But for me, watch, yeah. you know, Stadium Swim would be worth the extra. Do you do it fully clothed or do you bring a suit and actually get in the uh, water? Nah, I do it fully clothed. Oh, no, okay. Ain't nobody wants to see me like stripping down to. Well, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> uh, I had a pizza, a slice of pizza at Pop Up Pizza the other day. I had not been there for a little while, even though I go to the plaza to do the podcast on the corner of Main Street with Jonathan Jossel, the CEO. Just a plain slice cheese pizza. And you think, how does Michael do this to make this just basic, basic, basic thing so much better than so many other places? What is great about pop-up pizza, which of course is in the plaza, as you mentioned, is um, Chef Michael Vacnin in there. He, he's really all about doing a slice shop. Right, yeah, like New York City style slice shop where you buy one slice and it's that New York style pizza. Most of it, they do other styles as well, but it's always done really, really well. But then you go over to his other restaurant in Chinatown, Double Zero. Need to do that, and there he's doing his own spin on Neapolitan artisanal, um, you know, serious, like just more, you know, serious, yeah. pe- serious, serious pizza. pizza. You know? um, and he does them both ridiculously well. Yeah. Well, when we uh, recorded last week at Amari. Uh, chef was so gracious to, to comp me a uh, quart of uh, marinara sauce. I was going to buy it, but he said, "No, no, no, no! Here you go, here you go." And I had some. I bought some fresh uh, fettuccine, and one night I just had the sauce on the on the noodles, and that was it. And a couple nights later, I had the sauce and the noodles, and I went to Featherblade and bought a single hot Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. Sliced that up, put it in there. Actually, I also put in some onions and fried all that up. Put it in the marinara, put it in together, and that was just wonderful that is killer sauce and this is not just something special people like rich can do because amari is all about selling their their products to go so yeah definitely check it out if you want to do some home cooking all right third time is the charm for asia kitchen the uh, chinese uh sort of dim sum sort of traditional chinese american thing over in uh, the gold coast about two miles behind you, mm-hmm. whereas we sit yeah, here in you, Summerlin. Yeah, you were not loving it the first couple. I was not of loving there. the lunch special I had. Was not loving uh, a noodle thing I had. I went for the dim sum this time, literally an hour ago, <laughs> as we record this, and I got soup dumplings and I got the uh, the shumai, not the shumai, the, the the shrimp that's in a rice paper thing. I, I, I can never remember the name of it. Anyway, really good. 
cool. both of them. Of course, you got to wait a little bit for that soup dumpling, dumpling so it doesn't scald the inside of your mouth, which I guess is a sign that they did it right. Yeah. And uh, they did it right. I had a good time. I would go back there for those and try a couple more dim sums. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good meal there. And of course, Carrie, who um, yeah. owns that place, she's a longtime partner in Ping Pong, Ping Pong Pong, yeah. um, which is one of the best places in Vegas for dim sums. So. And since it's only a piece of the menu, most of the menu are, you know, the lunch or dinner specials and, and more traditional Kung Pao's and some soups and things like that, they don't have carts. They do it to order. They steam them to order. They're already made up with the pastry and the, the, the rice and all right. that stuff. But that says allow 15 minutes to, to steam. So they came out nice and hot nice and, and ready to go. So that that is cool. cool. Now, remember last week I was talking about mambo sauce, this thing McDonald's is uh, selling. <laughs> it's a District of Columbia unique uh, condiment that everybody makes up. And I couldn't find it. I went to a McDonald's and it was not gone. I've been to four McDonald's since then, including one just after I went to uh, the Chinese joint because I wanted to bring some and some nuggets and we would try the mambo sauce. Mm-hmm. No, they're out. Everybody wanted the mambo sauce. They ran out at four different places. So it's uh, popular. Okay. And the other sauce, the sort of sweet chili thing that also is for a limited time. So no mambo sauce for us. Oh, no. Oh, it's a tragedy. But on the bright side, I don't have to eat McDonald's. So <laughs> okay. I'll live a little longer. Um, McNuggets. Huh? When's the last time I had a McNugget? Yeah. I don't know. I. It's been a long time. And you know what always... It's been like 40 years since McNuggets came out. 42, 42. You were going to say since you had one. I was like, Almost, because here's a brilliant bit of counter-marketing. They came out with McNuggets, first one to do that kind of thing. You know, chicken, bread it up, you dip it, and it's a wonderful thing. And yeah, okay, that's kind of cool, a new place to go for McDonald's. But along the line, they had to uh, uh, fess up and say, this is made from processed chicken. And the oh. folks at Wendy's... Whoever the agency was at Wendy's just pounced on that. They came up with a chicken nugget that was a piece of solid chicken you, breast. They use real chicken, right. I and, mean, it's worse than to say it's processed chicken. I mean, first of all, the chef who invented the Chicken McNugget was a fine dining French chef, sure. was corporate chef for McDonald's. And he was charged for years with creating a chicken product. He could not yeah. come up with a chicken product that would work in whatever that year was, yeah. you know, the fast in the food environment of that time. McDonald's. And basically what he came up with was the idea of creating this paste, like chicken paste, uh, that was then extruded and squirted into, then there are four shapes, I think, for nuggets. Maybe. And, and then all, it's breaded and Yeah, and then frozen. they bread them, but, they, but they, they all have, like, there's a little drumette shape. If you look at oh, them, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. specific shapes. So none of them is real chicken. It's chicken that's been, yeah, done God knows what to. I mean, but that's kind of how they treat their hamburgers, too. You well, know, yeah, they're the victim of the success. Slime and, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. But if the, you want real animal... In your animal, yeah. you don't go to McDonald's yeah. for animals. The brilliance back in 82 or whatever it was when they came out was Wendy's got a, did a series of radio commercials being on the radio. I heard them every damn day with the brilliant uh, comedian actress Louise Lasser. You remember Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, mm-hmm. and she was married to Woody Allen. She was in the movie Bananas and, you know, always had the red hair with the, the braids, almost like Wendy, the character there. <laughs> yeah. But she did the radio ad and... She was saying, you know, they came out with this thing, and they say it's processed chicken, and I just have one question. What is processed chicken? And that line scored, and Wendy's uh, sales of their new chicken nugget, which was an actual hunk of chicken breast, soared, and McDonald's had to change. 
But they still use processed slime. I mean, they 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 still use the, the it's still the squirt model. I mean, I, no, I don't no. know. No, don't they? I mean, I don't think I've. No. Well, we, I didn't buy any because I, I couldn't get the know. mambo now sauce. Try, now, I don't know. tune in next week and we will have chicken nuggets, Maybe mambo they, sauce ugh. or not. Oh, I'm going to have to get myself ready for that. <laughs> uh, coming up in the news, um, Payments gets honored and coffee for your pets. But first, I sp- go over to Monamiga B and I speak to Chef Vincent Puisel. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast, restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the At Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at visitlasvegas.com. So I'm sitting here at Montemega B, looking out onto Las Vegas Boulevard. It's looking beautiful right out the window. We've got F1 grandstands, all kinds of things up across the street in front of Bellagio. And I am here with Chef Vincent Pucel. Vincent, first of all, have I ever been mispronouncing your name or is it Pucel? Well, you know, to be fair, my, my own child are having a little of a hard time to say the proper pronunciation. So it's Pucel, so there's an E, and that's why we pronounce Pucel. But Pucel, Pucel is just, you know, uh, I'm, after the years of being here in Las Vegas, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not so conformist about that. Okay, so I won't offend you, but I, I will try. Pucel. Vincent Pucel, a chef, by the way, who I've been following and eating your food since... I don't know. It feels like at least 15 years going back to Ariel. I think the first time I met you, I was in with Max Jacobson. He insisted he had to have a conversation with you in French because Max spoke about 100 languages and loved to do that. I don't know if you remember any of that, Chef. I remember that vividly. Yes, of course. And uh, Max, you know, was a, not only a, a dear friend, but, a, you know, someone that we uh, we had here in Vegas that we missed a lot, obviously. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was years ago. And uh, I actually moved here in 2000, late 2001. And uh, as most of the chefs have been in town for long enough, uh, you know, we, we all thought that we we're going to be here for a few months, few years or whatever, and then just move on from this dry valley. Yeah. And 23 years later, I'm still here and happy to be here and glad that uh, I stick around and, you know, doing what I, 
doing what I know how to do and uh, try to do it for uh, you know 2,800 covers every single day here at Mon Ami Gabi. And uh, you know, this is one of the most uh, thrilling and exciting jobs that I ever held. Well, you and you have had some exciting jobs in your life. Uh, I was doing a little bit of refreshing my memory on your career before I came here, and what I didn't don't think I knew is that you were when you worked in France. You actually worked at um, restaurant Jules Verne's inside the Eiffel Tower, which I know it is having been an Alain Ducasse restaurant. I don't know if he was the head chef there, but you were inside, literally inside the Eiffel Tower in Paris, correct? On the second floor, yes. <laughs> so. Uh, it's uh, it's it, it, it was a privilege to be in, uh, you know working at a Jouvert because it's uh, it's kind of a, a, a very tight ship and I would almost refer it to a submarine you know once you're getting in in, in the restaurant all the way up there um, you pretty much uh, embark for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and uh, yes it was very uh, very challenging but also very exciting uh, this is one of the one of the places that obviously uh, uh, everybody wants to dine everybody wants to experience that just because of the view and and overall feeling that you're on the high up you know second floor of the avatar you know right above the city of Paris and that just that right alone makes it exceptional so if on top of it the food is uh, magnificent then you know the experience you're in for a treat it's it's got to be a little strange for you though having worked at on the second floor of the eiffel tower and now here you are at the foot of the eiffel tower replica in las vegas i know a lot of um, I, I would think a lot of french fine dining chefs in the day might have made fun of that fact but given las vegas's reputation today i don't know that it's as funny anymore i think that this is just as as great a place to be you know, when I, I actually spent my first day off uh, when I, I got here in, in Las Vegas and uh, walked all the way from MGM Grand and, uh, you know, sat at the bar here at uh, Mon Ami Gabi and just enjoyed a pastis. And uh, I just felt like, you know, sad and just uh, displaced from where I came from. And then lucky enough, they actually had also a tour fell here in, in Vegas. And uh, everything that looked up, you know, if I was in a grand cafe somewhere on the boulevard in Paris, um, so it was it was a very uh, a very you know comforting uh, uh, thing and just try to stay in my comfort zone at the time and I also remember thinking you know what it'd be great to be you know to be involved in that restaurant one day seeing you know the amount of you know guests that uh, this restaurant was dealing with and everything so I thought you know it could be cool and here I am you know 20 plus years later I'm here so. And, of course, when you first came to Las Vegas, you said you were at MGM. You worked in the mansion over there, right, which is where the highest of high rollers within the MGM family, if you're a customer and you gamble I don't know how much money, you stay at the mansion and you pretty much get – I've interviewed chefs who worked at the mansion. You get whatever you want if you're a guest there, right? That's exactly true. So, you know, it's invited guest only, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, high roller, obviously, that people that spend tremendous amount of uh, money and, and VIPs and, you know, high profile. But but, uh, you know, we were uh, we were asked in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, you know, at 6 p.m., uh, whether we, you know, a guest flying from Milan could have some lasagna or whatever, you know, whatever they might be and, and they were in the mood for, you know, whether it was a, a shepherd's pie or some sort of a, you know, sausage and bangers and mash or whatever, whatever the, you know, the, the craving uh, was, uh, you know, our, our mission, our goal was just to uh, basically come up with something as fast as we could uh, that would, you know, uh, basically uh, get the guests, you know, uh, their craving uh, gone and uh, so that they can focus on, on, on their playing and on their spending, obviously. But yeah, being in a mansion was a very uh, 
again, you know, a very special place to work. It was just uh, no no limit on any way, shape, or form. You know, with the space, with the food, with the expenditure. You know, the the I remember bringing you know ingredients that were not in Vegas at a time. Uh, you know, because things were just not imported straight from Italy or France. So you know, we we did uh, do some pretty cool things over there. Yeah. And I'm eating a shrimp because you brought me this huge seafood tower, by the way, which is great. Actually, this is a miniature seafood tower by your standards, but more than enough for me to eat. Um, speaking of the mansion, I know we want to talk here about Monomiga B, but so many questions. I once did an article on what it's like to cook for the highest of high rollers, and I interviewed several former mansion chefs. And we just talked about you know weird things that they would get asked for. I think one that several people mentioned was that it was big to do caviar on ice cream, that there were a lot of guests over there that wanted that. Can you do, first of all, do you remember that or any other weird things that you used to have to make there? Yeah, we did. We did. I've, I've seen this. And, you know, what, what basically was pretty cool about a mansion for, for, for me as a, as a French chef is that we, we actually share the kitchen with the, the Asian side of the kitchen. And uh, those guys, you know, like uh, we had like master, you know, chef, I vividly remember Chef Yui that was driving that kitchen and uh, dealing with shock fin and, you know, uh, things that were probably not even, you know, tolerate to be cooked here in the U.S. at the time, which felt pretty bizarre and weird and burst nest and things like that. Uh, for us, I think the most exotic thing that uh, lots of Asian that were staying, uh, uh, guests that were staying at the mansion, were looking for uh, foie gras. So foie gras was just all of a sudden foie gras caviar became that you know we could basically pair and foie gras and the caviar with just about everything so meaning that you know uh, you mentioned it but yes having a uh, you know a four ounce scoop of caviar on top of ice cream that seemed pretty classic and pretty you know normal to enjoy in the middle of the afternoon <laughs> taking a break from the tables so we've seen some of the stuff pretty pretty bizarre pretty weird uh, and uh, you know uh, just uh, over the top I mean you know like the building is and uh, it was you, you know we got to remember that this is happening at the very early uh, on of the 200, you know, 2000s, uh, late 1990s. So, you know, everything was just, you know, over the top, uh, extreme. And, uh, you know, uh, including, of course, the ingredients that we would bring in. So, you know, uh, raw milk cheese that coming in straight from France, you know, in a, in a different packaging and so forth and so on. So, I mean, I've done, you know, just about all of that over there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you did fine dining in France. You did fine dining there at the MGM. Um, and, of course, I mentioned I, I met you at Ariole where you were doing fine, fine dining. Um, but after that, you moved. You stayed French, but you went into the more French bistro, first with Danielle Balloud over at um, Venetian Palazzo and then coming here to Mon Amiga B, which is just a classic French bistro with all of the dishes one would expect from a French bistro. From the and this is the French food that doesn't scare Americans, right? The French onion, the onion soups, the um, steak frites, which is of course steak with French fries, uh, things that Americans can really get into. What's your your thought on you know the differences between cooking fine French here in the United States and cooking this more casual and more well known French? And my God, they just keep bringing more crazy food over here while I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm going to get back to that question, but I do need you to tell me what you're bringing out right now and putting down in front of me next to this massive, well, for me, massive seafood tower. We wanted to, we wanted to showcase today, uh, you know, what we're 
going to be offering for the weekend of the Formula One on uh, October 18th, uh, November 18th, I'm sorry. And uh, so for, for the entire weekend, we, we basically looking at as a, an experience from, from a guest standpoint that would either choose to come for the three nights, so the Thursday, the Friday, and the Saturday night, uh, or just uh, simply come and enjoy Mon Ami Gabi on, you know, in the middle of the racetrack uh, for one of the night. And of course, the grand night being the Saturday night with the race. So some of the items that you have in front of you are uh, things that we're going to be uh, showcasing and offering to our guests. Uh, other than, you know, uh, obviously we're going to we're going to have a gigantic, you know, uh, shellfish and seafood you know, station that are going to include uh, some of the some of the king crabs some of the stone crabs some of the uh, uh, crabs all over the place uh, lobster obviously uh, I'm going to get some uh, Morro Bay oysters from my friend at Morro Bay Oyster Company that's going to ship me some some of the probably most beautiful oysters that you can put your hands on in, in, in the United States we're going to get some of those uh, you know Pacific Gold Pacific Coast uh, oysters uh, as well as some of the you know true true Kobe beef uh, coming in uh, straight from Japan a, a, you know A5 uh, uh, grade Uh, we're also going to have, you know, showcase some of the, in this case, some of the scallop, seared scallop with a uh, oxtail, uh, you know, uh, jam with a celery, uh, celery root uh, puree or mousseline, uh, foie gras, of course, because we're at Monami Gabi, so we're going to have a decadent foie gras torchon with some carbonized uh, apple. Uh, we're going to have a little chicken croquette, croquetta, uh, little uh, tarragon uh, mustard. We're going to have some uh, fresh uh, Dungeness crab. Uh, straight from uh, East Coast to make some beautiful uh, crab cakes as well. So we're, we're, we're definitely going to go all in. And, you know, this is this is the idea. We want to, you know, we want to uh, put the guest in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a mode and in a mood that basically we're going to be celebrating the one, you know, one night of the night of the year that's going to be totally, you know, not just amazing because of the race, but, you know, because of the the intensity and the atmosphere that surrounds a Formula One Grand Prix. So I, I am actually French and I happen to had you know, the, 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 the pleasure to be uh, uh, on, on races uh, in France and uh, including, but not only uh, Monaco, of course. So, you know, the, the excitement and the level of adrenaline that a Formula One race brings to a city, to a town, is just, there's no equal. It, it just amazing amazing feeling so we definitely want to capture that we will have a full full on access on our patio uh, directly to the to the track so um you know we're exactly right across from the bellagio fountain obviously so you know the grand you know stands and everything are going to be facing right in front of us um You know, the, the, the cars and the Formula ones are going to be obviously passing so fast, so quick in front of us. Uh, we will have access, you know, to uh, on, you know, uh, live televisions and everything in, in the restaurant itself so that the guest can, you know, capture that, you know, full experience of, of the race itself. But we also want to feed them, you know, we want to keep them here in the room with some of the most pristine, you know, champagne that we're going to have available and pouring at the bars. We're actually going to have multiple different satellite bars throughout the restaurants. We're essentially, you know, uh, closing the restaurant to uh, general public access uh, uh, to keep it only available for, uh, you know, the guests that chose to come and visit us 
throughout those experience uh, available online and uh, you know we we just beyond excited and hope that you know this is going to be the night of the the night of the year and you know um, we're we're basically going to do the rustle for the uh, you know the Super Bowl that's going to be coming you know a few months down the road so you know this year has been you know a hell of a year but uh, I think we're gonna the grand finale of this year is uh, is is looking pretty amazing yeah and as he was telling you this, I started nibbling on some of this, that foie gras, Torshan, with the, was the candy apple on top. Amazing, Chef. Um, these scallops look great. I'm going to dive into them quickly. But so since this did just arrive, and I'm looking at it, and I'm getting super hungry. Um, so let's talk a bit more about F1, because you, are, you just are putting these packages on sale now. There are two different um, price points. You can either sit inside or sit outside. Either way, am I correct that there will still be some standing room on the patio that you can walk out, even if you buy an inside ticket? Yes, absolutely. The the the, the exact center of our patio, and for those of you you know that uh, have never been in Monami Gabi or not uh, you know familiar with what I, I would try to describe, but you know the center of our patio is exactly the center of you know the the, the Bellagio fountain on the other side of there. So where the the, the race is going to happen, um, open seating. Uh, you know, we're going to have uh, high boy tables where you can enjoy your cocktail. You can enjoy your past orders while you're, you know, you're experiencing, you know, the, not just the, the view, but the sound, the smell of, you know, a Formula One just going down the Las Vegas Boulevard, which is, I don't know, I've, I've you know, I'm 53 years old. I never thought that I was going to be, you know, able to witness that. And uh, here it is, you know, and it sounds like something that I should be doing on a video game on my Xbox, right? Driving an F1 car down Las Vegas Boulevard with these sights behind me. That's exactly what it is. You know, it, it was probably and I'm not sure if it was actually ever made on a video game, but you're you know, absolutely right. You know, this is something that would feel like it's not real that uh would not be possible to achieve and yet you know we're in vegas so you know we're we're the city we're sin city we're there's nothing that's impossible for las vegas you know we we brought you know the 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 football here we brought you know the wnba double champion i mean we go on and on and on you know vegas is stronger than ever before and it keeps on getting stronger um, so just to run this down for people again, so if you want to get a three-day pass to come in here, enjoy all of this fantastic food, if you want to sit inside, it's $1,600 per person. If you want a seat that's actually on the patio, it's $2,000 a person. That's for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Food from Monomiga B, the kind of food that we've been describing all night long. Single-day tickets, by the way, um, and I'll, I'll give you indoor versus outdoor. Um, for Thursday, 500 indoors, 700 outdoors. Friday, 600 indoors. 800 outdoors saturday it's going to be 800 indoors a thousand outdoors again we're talking about amazing views of i don't even know what the schedule is for watching the race and what where the cars are coming and all that shit i'm, I'm not really sure but i do know that you can't really expect you can't i guess there are better views somewhere but i can't think of any place where you're going to sit inside and get a fine french i'm not fine a great french well-made French bistro fare to the ultimate level of decadence of fine ingredients at this kind of price with this kind of view. That's that's that resumes basically what we're going to be doing. Yes, absolutely. So I will, you know, I will obviously showcase, and you know, we're going to put our uh, A game on, and you know, we're going to we're going to be uh, working actively on 
producing some of the finest uh, charcuterie as well. So, you know, I'll be coming in with the beautiful pâté en croûte that, you know, we, uh, we know how to make here uh, that people get really excited about. So, uh, yes, we're, we're going to, we're definitely going to have, you know, some of the most classic dishes uh, available out there. Um, and not only, but, you know, we touched it on, on a little bit, but we'll have some uh, Kuluga golden caviar that's going to be available for someone that really want to put it up. To the- now, I should say that there is an add-on for this um- um, this Wagyu A5 from the actual um, Hayato Prefecture, that you have to pay a little more for that. You have to pay a little bit more for that golden etc. caviar, right? So Absolutely. tell me about that. So, well, we're, you know, we, um, in, in the lettuce's family, uh, we also happen to have, you know, some of the some of the most beautiful restaurants that there is in the United States. And, and one, you know, uh, one of our uh, name brand uh, happens to be RPM. And RPM is a very exclusive uh, very high-end, you know, steakhouse that we have in Chicago. And so we brought some of their best-seller Wagyu straight from Chicago so that we're really, really going to, you know, upscale, you know, our game here, uh, as well as caviar. You know, we have a golden Kuluga caviar that, you know, right now is probably some of the best on, on the market that's going to be available for us here at Monami. So we, we do recognize that it's not something that you can, you know, generally enjoy uh, on any, any day, uh, uh, given day at the Monami Gabi patio. But since we have a very special weekend in front of us, we're going to make it very, very special. So as well as the wine, you know, uh, our sommelier and uh, our wine team are going to pull some, some of the nicest champagne as well and that we don't necessarily always uh, uh, open, you know, here on a daily basis, but just to, you know, make it a day that really stays in everybody's memory and, uh, and, and, and you know, in their uh, factory, uh, uh, olfactive uh, uh, senses, meaning that, you know, they're going to get all the flavors and, you know, uh, remember not just the sound of a Formula One, but also associated with the fact that they had great, you know, great wines and great food and enjoy the night and, you know. So that is, by the way, that's $200 per day extra to get the tableside caviar service, the actual real A5 Wagyu, to get these premium champagnes and premium wines. If you don't spend that extra $200, you're still getting fed incredibly well by all these other things that are sitting in front of me that I've been talking about. And you're going to, I assume, get some booze included even if you don't upgrade. It's, 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 I was going to, you know, I was going to resume it down to, you know, you, you pretty much can go uh, all the way and, uh, you know, spend the entire night uh, uh, certainly uh, enjoying, you know, uh, beautiful wines. Uh, you know, we're going to have a, a wine selected by our team, obviously. But, you know, uh, we hope that people are going to enjoy champagne. You know, champagne is one of those one of those things where the bubbles are basically making everything, you know, uh, fizzy and fun. So, you know, we're going to we're going to close our eyes. We're going to think for a second we're in Monaco. Uh, and, and, you know, because of the sound of the Formula One, because of all, you know, the circus that goes around it, you know, with all the celebrities and all the people that are involved in that, you know, Formula One basically, uh, uh, you know, exposure that we're going to have here uh, for this weekend. So um, close, close experience to something that you could, you know, uh, leave up in, uh, uh, you know, in Monaco and obviously with the gambling that's associated with, you know, Monaco and Las Vegas as well. So. 
Um, so I guess one thing everybody's asking, even I posted a picture when I first got here, and before you even sat down at the table, people are saying, what about the obstructed view? We were told that if we didn't go to somebody that was paying this crazy high, ridiculous markup for you know a licensing fee, that, that you know all these rumors around Las Vegas, F1 is going to respond by putting, I don't know, big, scary blockages up in front of you. Uh, clearly, at these prices that I'm mentioning, those are reasonable prices that certainly don't include that kind of markup we we're talking about yet i don't see anything blocking your view so we're good to go how do you how, how's this going did you talk to the f1 people about that so yes so the conversation that we basically had with formula one at the you know at the very beginning of of, of the uh, uh, us talking to uh, you know the uh, authorities uh, was that you know they they actually did add at one point, I believe, a, a release that said, I think we all heard something about, you know, if you're not going to be able to, you know, come up and pay a certain fee uh, per outlet, then, you know, they will make sure that you have no view of uh, the race and the cars. Uh, they came forward and actually denied this and saying that they never said anything like that. So we happened to sit right in the middle of the Las Vegas Boulevard. And as far as we can tell to, to this day, uh, we will have the fence, obviously, that, you know, uh, restrain the cars to jump on the other side and just keep them on track us, yes. and safe. But uh, no, you know, uh, no gigantic walls, no, you know, nothing, no blockage that we've heard. Uh, you know, we've heard just about everything about, you know, the track. Uh, you know, the very uh, first conversations were that, you know, they were going to be removing every palm trees on the Las Vegas Boulevard. They're going to build this and that. And the fact of the matter is that we're looking at it, you know, two, a little bit, two weeks uh, from the Grand Prix right now. And we have the Grand, you know, stand up front of Bellagio right in front of us. We're still able to see the fountain of the Bellagio. And uh, as far as I can tell, you know, we will have, you know, those fans, but um, nothing that will, you know, essentially block the entire view. So, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yes. Um, well, cool. That's good to know. It's very strange that they deny they ever said that because, I don't know, they never said it to me, but I sure did read it a lot of places, so I don't know where it came from. But, hey, we all know F1 first year. We're hoping we work out all the kinks this year. Everybody has a great time, and um, then, you know, it'll just be better and better and easier every year after this. Um, so, man, Chef, thanks for all this. I guess I do want to get back to just the, the thing I was talking to you first. The difference between cooking fine French food and more casual bistro fare, um, but still at, at an elevated level here in Las Vegas, what are the main differences between who your audiences are and what you get to do to show off for them? Well, you, you said it. I think, you know, for us, what, what's really important is that we, we put our, you know, our offerings, our menu, our food accessible for, you know, the general public. We're looking at 40 plus million people that visit Las Vegas every year. So we certainly don't want to be that restaurant where, you know, you have to have some sort of a knowledge in French cuisine to be able to enjoy, you know, our food and so forth. So nothing, you know, nothing that, um, you know, we, we would be, uh, I would say, uh, uh, looking at guests, you know, thinking that it's way too exotic for, for them. Um, I think is, is getting as exotic. We're going with escargot, which I think now for someone that's well traveled, you know, uh, you, you probably had have some escargot at one point in time. Uh, you know, it's, it's not as, you know, uh, probably uh, exotic as it used to be uh, several decades ago. But, uh, you know, that's essentially where we, where we at. And then everything else is, is, you know, sits on, on, on techniques more than anything else. You know, we, we are the, the house of the steak frites. So we still make our steak frites 
out of you know uh, uh, fresh and raw potato each and every day by hand. So you know if you if you want to look at the volume and the amount of potato that we're dealing with on daily basis, it's quite. Yeah, a- I have to ask first of all, your steak frites are great. Yeah, I think you used to have more preparations than you have now. I'm not sure, but there's still at least three preparations that I know of on the menu, plus other types of steaks available, different cuts if you want to substitute those in. But then there's those potatoes, right? And they are. It's hard for me to almost describe them. They're almost like a a spiraled kind of flattened potato, if I'm remembering them correctly. And I don't know anybody else who does them like that here in Las Vegas. What's the deal with your potatoes? So this is something that's that basically, you know, I, I was going to say started, you know, the the, the company, you know. So uh, Rich Melman, you know, our uh, founder, uh, uh, basically. Uh, those potato were were straight from the beginning in, in lettuces restaurants, and it's something that's rather more, uh, I would say, a rectangle cut and flat than a uh, square. So when you look at a fry, generally speaking, you know you cut the potato in the length, and you looking at a square. Our our frit, our palm frit, or rather long and elongated. And flat and rectangle, so it, it makes it very crispy and uh, uh, very you know enjoyable. Just for the fact that you know we're dealing with uh, uh, you know long long potato, so rosset potato, and uh, we generally using number uh, number two rosset potato. And th- those potatoes are quite long from a size standpoint. So we we basically cut them on a mandolin, and that mandolin allows us to have as long as it can be. And once we blanch them, meaning that we pre-cook them in, 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 a, in, a, in a first uh, bath of oil, uh, it allows them to, to soften up and cook. And on the pickup, so we basically throw our fries in the fry, in a, in a 375, 380 fryer uh, for a few seconds. And from this point on, it's like they're blooming in the, in the fryer and they're just puffing, like almost like a, uh, you know, like a, a, a pom souffle would, would be. OK, so with a with obviously, you know, the, 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 the taste of the potato, of course, but, you know, having them very light and, and crispy, I think that's pretty much what makes those potatoes so special. Um, and, you know, this is something that we never, ever going to, you know, uh, uh, change or, uh, you know, try to do any different. Um, you know, the, 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 the steak that goes along with those potato is a classic, what we call a minute steak. So if you go to a brasserie in France, in Paris, you know, the minute steak, meaning that you're going to grill that steak on the, on the high and hot grill for a couple minutes on each side. And your steak is, that's it, you know, so juicy, bloody, a uh, couple minutes on the grill. And then we just, you know, gorge it with a uh, either au poivre sauce that made pretty much the restaurant here. So we have a secret au poivre sauce that's absolutely phenomenal uh we also you know obviously have the maître maître d'hôtel butter you know our classic butter that's made more of a you know herbs and garlic and so forth um and you know we have a classic bordelaise that we call you know so we make like a red wine reduction butter along with shallots and you know onions and everything um that melts into uh, into your hot steak that's also absolutely beautiful uh, and then you were referring to some of the some of the you know uh, uh, dressed up sauces and everything that we had at one point that we still have available that we do like you know a classic blue uh, blue cheese you know uh, uh, a Rockford sauce that goes along with a steak um, so we have you know uh, we have we could call them like our secret item menu uh, that so people ba- backup preparations. That's exactly right. You know we we keep making you know items that were on the menu 20 years ago that we sell you know each and every day that our guests you know that've been here for as long as the restaurant exists 
they're actually craving for it and asking for it. So we keep on making those items and including and not only, but including some of the, you know, uh, gratiné uh, scallop and, and things like that, that, you know, that has not made the menu in probably more than 10 years. But, you know, we serve every night up on request, of course. Um, you know, some of our, uh, you know, we have a uh, rock of oysters that we we spread with a nice chunk of, uh, 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 you know, a pastis or pernod, you know, that screams French, you know, classic uh, 100% that we do that, uh, you know, for uh guests are actually requesting that as well so you know mon ami gabi's menu is a is a revolving menu over the years uh and i think that you know for us to try to keep some of those items available on a nightly basis make you know hold a difference with our guests uh, they really appreciate that and and you know feel strong about what we uh what we are used to serve and what we're still serving uh and keep it at you know current try to tweak it and keep it in the t- 2023 uh, uh, mode and style for for what people are expecting and what they're in the mood for and i think we're doing that pretty well awesome well chef um, more food keeps arriving here just spilled some pepper but dessert just showed up tell me what i'm about to dig into for dessert and then i'm going to thank you very much for um taking this time to chat with me so we're obviously going to do an entire spread of dessert which i'm not going to be able to put on the table right now today but you know one thing that we do uh, every day we do uh, in france we call them chouquette uh, we call them, you know, mini profiteroles here. So patachou that we fill, you know, with uh, either it could be as simple as a just a, a vanilla cream. Uh, in this case, right now we have some uh, chocolate mousse. So we make a decadent chocolate mousse that's m- no cheating there. We use, you know, the utmost beautiful chocolates uh, uh, with the right amount of chocolate that goes along with the chocolate mousse, with our chocolate fudge and everything that we do. There's never any substitute. There's never cutting corners or anything on the, on the product, on the quality of the product. So those little shoes are made each and every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And it, well, it's worth it because you look at them and they're these, these beautiful little puff pastry, pastries and you don't necessarily know if they're filled, but they look, they're white and they're covered in powdered sugar. And you're thinking if they are filled, maybe I'm going to get a little custard or something like that traditional. And then you get this so rich, dark, deep chocolate mousse in there. And it's a hell of a surprise. And I love it, man. That's the surprise that we're you know that's that's exactly what we tended to do so we're going to do uh, obviously a lot of uh, multiple different flavored little chouquette like that uh, all throughout the buffet as well as you know we're we can't just come at mon ami gabi and not having a creme brulee so we're obviously going to do some of the some of the more classic uh, dessert that we have uh, currently in the restaurant every day uh, and then you know we're definitely gonna have fun you know we're gonna we're gonna throw a bunch of macaron on the on that you know uh, a decadent you know a, a dessert buffet as well as uh, chocolates uh, and and all kind of a little miniature uh, little dessert that uh, our guests can enjoy and not feel like you know you have to have one piece of this and then you'll add a full you know it's a long race it's an entire night of fun so we want our guests to basically come and just uh, you know uh, make rounds around you know the food that's going to be offered to them uh, all throughout the night and uh you know uh you you guys uh, here in the states are saying that you know that we can have a, a breakfast as a as dinner and you know we i can say we can have dessert as an appetizer at any time any given time you know Well, thanks a lot for your time, Chef. It's been great seeing you. Can't wait to see what you have going on here at F1, but it's always a good time to to get back to Mon Ami Gabi because this is such a classic restaurant. Thanks for your time, Chef. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you. The news is next. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... 
Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing or reach out directly. Info at foodandloathing.vegas. And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out in time at wishboneandvine.com. And one more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. And in the news this week, um, I was just coming prior to recording this, I was just over at Payments, where they were being honored by the, both the city and the state. They had, um, it's, it was Payments Day today, yeah, October 31st. Don't forget the county. the county. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I believe it was the county and the state, I should say. Um, and yeah, they, they declared it Payments Day. A lot of cool stuff. They're recognizing them as being the first trademark for hookah lounge in the United States. <laughs> so that was smart of him to, to make sure he grabbed that up when he did. Um, I saw Victoria Seaman, a uh, city councilwoman. I also saw um, Stavros Anthony, who is a lieutenant governor here in Nevada. And I spoke to Victoria Seaman about why she wanted to be there to help Payman celebrate and present him with his little plaques. I want to be here because Paymon's is like a staple of our community. I've been coming to this restaurant before I moved to Vegas, and I moved to Vegas 18 years ago. This is, he, you know, he's, he's been an amazing community supporter, and the food is so delicious, and they have such a variety. I don't know of any other restaurants that have such a variety of good, fresh food. And that's why I love Paymon. And the Las Vegas Pizza Festival is this Saturday, as you're hearing this, November 4th. I'm really psyched. I'm, Neon Feast is a sponsor of this, so um, we, we're super proud to be supporting this and helping the community. And as a result, I'm going to be over there. I will be emceeing. I'll have uh -huh. a microphone. I'll do some interviews um, with some, some pizza makers. Um, I'll be just out there talking to people, having a good old time. Don't really know exactly how that end of it's going to work. It's my first time since I started Neon Feast sponsoring, being a sponsor yeah. of someone else's event, but it should be a lot of fun. Well, clearly you need someone to bring equipment so you have a proper recording atmosphere, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I might. No, you should come, man. You should definitely I, come. I definitely. I, I'm going to have, um, I know I'm going to have a cameraman there with me and you know, I'm just going to be kind of on their microphone for a yeah. lot of the time. I'll make it work. No, come come along. We'll see what we could do. And um, yeah, I may even have some other. I may have the LVCVA with me, but I don't think that's going to happen. But this is a great pizza festival. Um, this is the third year that they're doing it. It's Vegas born, and I just prior to payments. Before coming here today, I've had a busy fucking yeah, day no today. No kidding. Uh, Glad I, you had time to squeeze us in. I was well. I was, had to get material. I had nothing <laughs> to talk about until I went out today. Uh, but I went over to Good Pie. I spoke to um, Vincent Rotolo, the owner of Good Pie, one of the founders of this pizza festival, and he told me what everybody could expect over there. Vincent, man, how are you, and how are you feeling about the fest coming up? So excited! Thanks for having me. I'm I'm uh, I'm thrilled that the festival's back this year. Bigger and better. We have we have new sponsors. We've grown tremendously. New participants. All the all the same favorites are back. Pizza Rock, you know, Metro Pizza, Good Pie, Monzu, Old School, Brooklyn's Best. You know, um, the list goes on and on. But there's there's also some 
some really interesting. We got the pizza truck, Izzy's Pizza Bus, which is a fan favorite of Las Vegas. And then he moved to Omaha, coming back for one day only. Um, and a lot of uh, Izzy has a huge following in Las Vegas. Some other really, um, you know, Bianco Dinopoli tomato is going to be there. Casa Amigos tequila. Um, I don't know if George Clooney's making an appearance, but <laughs> Casa Amigos will be there. They're taking over an entire activation. They have a whole indoor area that's tequila sponsored. That's great. You know, um, General Mills Flower is a big sponsor, and they're they're doing something really unique and different. John Arena, the Yoda, the Godfather, the the, the founder of all things Vegas Pizza, he's going to be doing a dough demonstration called From Flower to Finish. It's amazing. It'll take you through whether you're a pro or a home pizza maker. All of John's secret methods, his techniques of how he makes this magical dough at Metro. It's so ubiquitous. It's so versatile. It's so everything you want a dough to be. And he'll take you through that whole process in, in, uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. at the festival. And you can sign up for that, too. So unbelievable this year. Uh, Greco is our presenting sponsor. We can't thank Greco and Sons enough for... They're bringing us a truck. They cut us a big check. They, they're having all the, all the ingredients, helping donate that and the supplies. Uh, the industrial event space, once again, is going to be the home of it. So um, we're looking forward to the, the best uh, festival we've ever done. Now, when I hear about this stuff, I mean, you know, I, I go crazy because I'm a bit of a nerd, right? I want to see a pizza-making demo. I want to see the, the dough. I want to I know all that. But there's a lot of people out there that are listening that they just like to eat good fucking pizza. That's what they're coming yeah. there for. What's this going to be like from a, a typical, just a pizza fan's experience? I mean, the versatility of the styles is going to be incredible. Round pies, square pies, thick ones, thin, uh, tavern-style pizza is going to be there, which is a cracker-thin crust pizza that's making a kind of resurgence within, uh, within the pizza trends across America. Uh, Good Pie is doing the triple pep, but on a grandma crust. So we've never done that before. We don't even sell that in the restaurant. I know Pizza Rock is doing, I think, the, the Rosa, which is their Detroit um, they also have a Chicago land, the thin crust pizza they're doing, um, artisan pizzas, you know, pre-ferments, you know, uh, you know, natural yeast, commercial yeast, <laughs> everything in between. So if you're the pizza lover, whether you love a New York slice or a Neapolitan, there's wood fired and Numu is sponsoring a booth of vegan pizza that I'll be running uh, with my good pie team, uh, Giovanni Ortiz, and we'll be doing a wood fired vegan pizza that is unbelievable. So something for the vegans, um, just all the pizza you can think of, and it's it's all you can eat. So bring your appetite, bring your families, bring your friends, and uh, there's there's beer, there's there's cocktails, but uh, pizza is going to be the star of the show for sure. And just hit me with the details. Tickets are still available. Where can people get them? What hours does it run? All that kind of stuff. Tickets are still available on a limited basis. It's nearly sold out. Um, you can go to VegasPizzaFest.com to get your tickets Saturday, November 4th from 12 to 4. And I hope to see all you guys there. Founders Coffee is partnering with the Vegas Pet Rescue Project for the latest incarnation of its Giving Drink program. Now through the end of the year, every time you buy their Giving Drink, which in this, in this case is a pumpkin bread latte, Founders will make a donation to the Vegas Pet Rescue. Now specifically proceeds from the November Giving Drink, We'll go to a foster care for a one-year-old tricolored retriever mix called Bella. Bella is looking for her forever home. Cool. So help, help, help. So get caffeinated and help Bella out. Yeah. 
Uh, also in the news, and this doesn't strike me as new because I just, there was a lot of controversy on the internet about this not that long ago, but I got an official press release today. Uh, Michael and Sarah, Sarah Tarantino of Tarantino's Italian, they have officially now announced that they are the new owners of Gray's Kitchen, which is the vegan restaurant over on the west side. So I've been trying to set up an interview over there for a little while to get the whole story. I know there's been a little bit of crazy, con- you know, whatever controversy. Angst. So angst, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, they seem very dedicated in maintaining the um, the vegan plant-based move forward. So as soon as I can get them on the show, I'll have more on that. And that is about it, man, for today. A big thanks to all of my guests, Vincent Puisel, um, Vincent Rotolo, Victoria Seaman. I think that's about it. Um, we want to send a big get well wish yes, yes, out yes. to Gemini. We cannot wait to have her back here with us. And um, other than that, for Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.